Hello, everybody. This is Ekaterina Howard, the current SLD's administrator. And today we're going to interview Ilana Werner and talk about CPD for translators and interpreters and the long road to becoming better. But first, let me introduce Yelena. Yelena Werner is currently a professor, freelance ATA certified translator, and court certified interpreter in the states of Oregon and Washington. She was born and raised in Russia and now lives in Portland, Oregon. She earned her PhD in linguistics, Germanic languages, from Moscow Pedagogical University. She has more than 35 years of experience of teaching both Russian and English, courses in translation or interpreting, and applied linguistics, as well as experience of translating, editing, and interpreting. Her research focuses on the issues of legal translation or interpreting. She is currently working on a book of Russian-English legal terminology. Yelena appreciates being a member of ATA, National Association of the Judicial Translators and Interpreters, and other organizations of professionals which provide the opportunity of sharing experience with colleagues for the benefit of translation of, I'm sorry, I didn't make it to the end, uh, for the benefit of translator or interpreter profession. Uh, I would like also to add that I am Elena's past and current student and that I am helping with the copy for her website. Now over to Veronica. Um, thank you for joining us, Elena. We are absolutely thrilled to have you uh, on our podcast. I'm also uh, Elena's uh, current student. She's um, a professional of um, the highest degree. Elena, you have been in the translation and interpreting industry for over 35 years. Could you please share with us your views on how it changed over this time? Well, it, I think it changed a lot. No longer paper dictionaries. Um, I have a full room of paper dictionaries, but I hardly ever use them anymore. Everything is done electronically. When I started, it was absolutely different. And uh, as everything in this life, the translation and interpreting goes on the global level. Today, I received offers one from India, another from Czech Republic. So I receive requests uh, to do translation from all over the world. It doesn't mean that I take all everything uh, because we live in a global economy, but still there are some countries that um, do not pay enough uh, for translation and interpretation, but uh, it's very encouraging that we are all coming together, and I think that trans uh, translators become more and more important in this period of globalization. I think that's a major change in that um, industry. How about the people who? Uh, decide to become translators and or interpreters. Uh, would you say that now different people go into translation? And if yes, how are they different? Well, people go into translation for various reasons. Some want to be professionals, uh, want to go deeper into that industry, um, specialize, um, and it becomes a profession for them. 
but a lot of people just um, take it as a secondary kind of additional business uh, to um, earn more money maybe or whatever goals they pursue. Um, they are very different. Um, and uh, um, that certainly, uh, to a certain extent, has it is, its impact on the quality of uh, the work. But in general, I, I welcome the people. The more people that know the language, the more people want to, um, to help others in the situations where they need interpreters or translators. That's great. That's very great. Uh, but at the same time, like with the internet, everybody can publish everything. Everybody can be a translator. Um, it certainly has its diverse impact on the quality. That is the bad side or poor side of the process. Talking about the poor side of, of the translation uh, process, a lot of um, translators are worried about the future of our profession as there are many gloomy pieces predicting either artificial intelligence taking over our jobs or a complete um, uberization of the industry. Has this been your experience and do you think freelance translation or interpreting has a future? Answering your question, I think yes, it has a lot of uh, future. I heard um, that many people have this kind of depressive views on the future of the profession. But like everywhere in the world, there is um, different kind of work is required, different degree of quality. Of course, there will be artificial intelligence interfering uh, into the process, but I don't think it's interfering in a bad sense because we have all these programs, the translation software that really uses artificial intelligence and is very helpful to our profession. It um, increases the speed of translation, makes it easier for us to translate, uh, you know, um, there are a lot of positive things about that. And under Uberization, I understand you are interested or want to know uh, about the prices, right? Because that's what Uber um, becomes so popular because the prices they offer are much lower than, let's say, taxis. Um, I think it happens in translation too, but... I think there is work for all kinds of prices and all kinds of quality. You know, there is a lot of specialization that is taking place in translation and interpreting. And uh, if you want to be a specialist, a professional in certain field, of course, your quality will be higher. But there might be simple translations like everyday communication. Um, they do not require that great a quality like court interpretation or medical interpretation or translation where life of people depends on the outcome of their translation or interpretation. I think, no, there is no gloomy future for translation. I think it will be developing uh, further and all these, um, you know, factors that uberization and uh, 
um, artificial intelligence are only helping if you use them appropriately. But specialization is still the key to sort of not going under, if you like. Would you say so? I would say that specialization is important uh, because if you really want to work, um, make it your profession, you have to be able to specialize. And specialize meaning going deeper in your knowledge of both languages, translation techniques, um, all this, uh, all this armament uh, that interpreting needs. But some people just do it for fun, and that's fine. And if they translate or interpret for family reasons, or for some small communications, or just help people to communicate, that's great. Let them do that. And. Uh, there will, I think there will be always place for professionals and there will be a place for just people, amateurs, or people who are trying their hand at doing it. So speaking of going deep, uh, your certification preparation course, that um, the second round of which is currently underway, is several months long. Normally, we see one-day or even half-day courses. Uh, speaking of which, our very own SLD Assistant Administrator, Eugenia Titsukolska, uh, is going to run two uh, courses like that for the Delaware Valley Translators Association. But coming back to your course, why did you decide on the multi-week format? There's a lot to learn, and um, it requires a lot of knowledge and it requires the development of certain skills. You won't sit at the wheel and start driving right away. You need some training. You, if you take pins and start knitting, you need skills. Skills always require time. And um, I'm a language teacher. I have been teaching languages, both Russian and English and some other languages, for quite a long time. And in my experience, I think that uh, really to have a good command of language, you have to do it very persistently in the course of time uh, by small bites. It worked for me. It works for my students. And um, I think it's great. Um, in my course, I was trying to put as much necessary things as translator needs to know. But I'm all for shorter courses as well. I think there should be more courses, especially in um, languages other than Spanish. In fact, we have very, very few. And... Uh, People can choose if they want to be professional, study the details, go deeper into their profession. They can take a larger course or longer course. And others who, who just want to refresh a certain topic, a certain um, particular you know, device or look at something, is also helpful. It depends on where you are in your preparation, in your training as a translator.
there should be courses for all kinds of people, short, longer. The reason I do that, um, that long course, is that's how I see it. And it's how I see the science, let's put it this way, of translation. There should be some logical progression in what you learn. And uh, that's what, it's my kind of initial course. And my initial courses are usually longer and because I want to put certain things, try, test, and blah, blah, blah. And later on, I might make it shorter or even longer, <laughs> one hour long uh, every week or two hour long. I don't know. It will depend. The experience will show me. But my belief is that if you want, it's, a, it's language. Language doesn't jump up in your head. Language is, requires persistence, system, systematic learning and practicing. And practice takes time. That's I think. I think that's great that there are more courses, and I think there should be even more courses um, offered for everybody who wishes to become a professional to hone their skills. That's how I look at it. Thank you. I uh, completely agree with uh, your view on this. And um, talking about continuing education for professional translators and interpreters. In your opinion, what areas of continuing education are most important? It depends on a person. You know, a person has, a real professional always knows where um, he can or she can capitalize on what he or she may capitalize on or what, th what are the things that he has to work on. Um, it's a non-stop process, especially when you deal with a language. You know, language is such a, such a humongous, um, you know, field of study that has no end. And it changes. And, uh, especially, and uh, as for translators, they have to know both languages very well. They have to know the techniques. They have to share experience i'm i'm all for learning because if you want to be a professional you have to learn all the time i learn from my students i learn from books i read a lot um and i practice i translate every day but what areas of continuous education you have to decide um it depends on the plans you have for your life you want to get certified then you have you have to do certain things you have to get you want to get certified in certified in a different direction then you have to work differently you know you have to uh, focus on, on the english language and do certain things if you it, it all depends on an individual uh, i think there is endless 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 learning process for some people, it's difficult, um, but uh, it's only uh, learning and refreshing your knowledge, learning uh, that will help you to become a professional. Thank you. It is true that there are endless opportunities for self-study, but it is very easy to become overwhelmed and 
paralyzed and have no idea of what to do next. Do you have some tips for our listeners on improving their skills and finding that focus to work becoming a better professional? Yes, you can easily be overwhelmed. As far as the, any language is concerned, it is overwhelming. Uh, so many registers, so many styles, so many specializations. Learning, whatever overwhelms you, try to break it into small parts and um, do it by small bites. That's why the course should be sh uh, not as short. <laughs> short courses, the, the, um, they are, I think, um, designed to overwhelm you. <laughs> That's my point of view. You don't have to agree or disagree with it. But, but at least they show you what you have to focus on. And uh, very easily you can get overwhelmed. And uh, I suggest, my suggestion would be, Practice all the time, half an hour a day. If you don't have half an hour this day, it's okay. Do it next day. Um, read. Um, read other people's translations and practice. Find a mentor, a person you can discuss things with, work in groups, and if you are overwhelmed, try to figure out what questions you have and ask those. So it's all doable. It's, um, I think overwhelming comes in on the first stages of learning. And when you start kind of analyzing things, things seem much easier. And then you synthesize them and uh, you have the whole thing. It's just the cur learning curves that we go all through. So I think it's normal for any for any process of um, continuing education or acquiring new knowledge. But persistence, regularity, uh, systematic approach to certain things uh, will definitely help. Thank you, Elena. Another question uh, we wanted to ask you is, it has to do with the debate that you're very well aware of that has to do with uh, who are the best translators? Uh, are the best translators the people who, um, native speakers who live in their native country? Or um, is it the native speakers who live in the country of their source language that make the best translators? At the same time, we can all agree that there is a wide uh, variety of online reference materials that we all have access to. Um, so does it really matter uh, which country we reside in? What is your view on that? Well, the, um, it's a question of atmosphere. Uh, what atmosphere, in, uh, atmosphere of which language you spend time, um, major part of your life. You know, you have to create the environment for yourself, you know, to be a good translator. It doesn't matter where you live. Because with all these new technologies, you can create an, the environment easily uh, for yourself. Uh, what the, I mean by that, if uh, you're in a country, uh, like I'm living in the United States and I translate into Russian, I have to create Russian atmosphere for myself. So I'm in, 
in, in a groove with my native tongue. Um, I don't use Anglicisms. I'm, I do not use Americanisms uh, in my speech like many people do. Just watch, your, watch how you say things. Um, listen to Russian-speaking TV all the time. Uh, not all the time. My, my practices alternate. One day Russian, the other day English. Um, reading Russian, reading English, read good literature. I think ge geography doesn't play any role anymore uh, because speech is so much available and uh, creating the atmosphere of the language you need um, is quite possible every, anywhere we live now. I do not look at it as a kind of a drawback. I uh, look at it as an advantage for myself. In old age, old age, or well, let's say 20 years ago, it was a little different than now. But now, in our age, we can watch Russian movies, we can watch English movies, and I always watch movies and I watch it with a pad, taking notes. Um, it's not for kind of entertainment. I try to combine entertainment with work. So that's how I work on my vocabulary, for instance, when I listen to radio or TV in Russian, which I try to do regularly on a regular basis. I also take notes, pay attention, what are the phrases. I, I think this dichotomy that you, it was, to, it was a, to some extent popular or was um, uh, threatening to some translators and interpreters some time ago. Um, right now, I don't think it's so important anymore or devastating as it used to be or seemed to be because you needed to go to the country where the people speak the language and immerse into the um, environment, linguistic environment. I think we can do it now easily without even traveling. I, I don't think it's very, very actual <laughs> issue nowadays. I might be mistaken, but that's how I resolve this issue trying to speak both languages and trying to speak them very nicely, not um, just using the words like insurance or um, appointment when I speak Russian. I try to use Russian words and work on it and watch how I say things. So I think I've been successful uh, paying attention to these things. So for other Russian-speaking translators in that live abroad, what uh, kind of resources would you recommend? Well, um, books, good, good books. Uh, for example, um, modern authors um, that um, Tolstaya, for instance, all kinds of um, you know modern Russian authors. Um, maybe sometimes classical, even to read, to kind of, it depends. When, when I have to prepare for, let's say, translation um, on a certain topic, then I 
find the materials and I read them. I read them out loud. I listen how I sound when I pronounce things and so on and so forth. It's very important. I listen to all kinds of um, um, YouTube programs, news, um, uh, interesting people, Echa um, Moskvi, all these kinds of um, recorded presentations um, that I listen to um, all the time. I have my schedule when I listen to what, early morning or in the evening. I cannot even, you know... I go on YouTube, I find something that is of interest to me, um, and listen. I, I cannot give one, for example, source, or it depends what you like, what you like to read. Um, uh, to read what kind of newspapers. I, I like to read Snob and Echa Moskvi and uh, some other Russian newspapers um, since I work as a translator. And I listen to all kinds of American programs as well, movies, not for the sake of even movies, for the sake of language. For the sake of language, and it's kind of, I look at it as work, and at the same time I get involved. It gets interesting, and it's kind of you receiving some kind of a degree of pleasure doing that. Thank you so much uh, for um, answering all our questions, Elena. Um, Katya, do you have any more questions to ask? No, that was the last one. I couldn't resist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. Um, thank you so much for your time, um, Elena. Uh, could you share the um, address of your website? Yes, yes, I would be happy. It's called Elena's Language Services. Um, all is one solid word. Elena's Language Services, no apostrophe S, nothing of the kind. And... Um, and we'll, we'll, add, we'll add it to the show notes as well. Yes. Uh, and uh, um, I, I like to go deep into things. I like to understand things and uh, analyze things. I think I, I've been a pretty successful teacher all my life. I'm teaching since 75. So we have very good students who uh, stayed with the languages for the rest of their lives. And some are professors in universities in Russia, in the United States, and I guess I did a good job teaching them and um, um, stirring some interest in the language. <laughs> so, um, those who are interested, please, you're welcome. Uh, the course will be shaped all the time, redesigned a little bit, but... Um, and I might teach some seminars, uh, special seminars on certain topics. But I'm, I believe that translation is really a science and it requires a lot of work to be a good translator. So they might be a little longer uh, than people desire, but um, I would be happy to help those who want to learn. Thank you. Thanks again for your time. We appreciate you joining us um, on this podcast. 
any last words uh, from you, Katya? Thank you so much, Elena, for coming. I think it was a great podcast episode. And to our listeners, thank you for staying with us and listening. Thank you. I, I was very happy to do that. And um, thank you for your efforts to make it happen. Mm -hmm.